what we usually do is Stizo looks at the feed of the comments and relays them. And he, he has a microphone, but not today because we have four in use. So that's not possible, which I fucking, I wanted to talk about this earlier. Um, what, is there any way you that you would be willing? Either? How can we do this? How many channels you got? Does anyone have an idea? You guys are all. Grassman's got a microphone. Yeah, give him a mic. Do you have another channel there? No. Oh. That's, that's, yeah, we only got four. So, well, well, I mean, if we get a pertinent question, it would be nice to have it live and have you guys hash it out, wouldn't it? Yes. Okay, well, we'll, we'll do this. This is just part one. We might have a part two. All, All right. right. All right. Sound I, good? I mean, if you said it loud, can we, can we hear you? I can hear you. Can you hear me? I can hear you. I can hear you. Yeah. I guess if, it's, if it looks like it's a good, a good question from a musician that seems to be concerned. Yeah, yeah Mitch can repeat it then. <laughs> All right. Come on, who wrote the letter? Like, ah. <laughs> All right, let me guess who said this one. Yeah. <laughs> That's right. the first part. Here we go. Okay, okay. Hey, did you ever consider an audio version of Ambien? <laughs> <laughs> we are controlling transmission. We, we, we are controlling transmission. Welcome to the 414 Podcast. We're on location tonight. We're at the Soundcheck Entertainment Studio. I would call this a studio. This it's, is Grassman's scene right I, here. I live here. It's like a hub. Home, it's home this, base. This is, this is very... Uh, we'll get to the meat of the program. This is, for me, if I would have a setup like this in a business... I would make up stories and tell my wife I need to be here like 20 hours a day. Yeah. And I'm just saying, I know I know that's not your scene. You guys are happily married. You've only been married for how long? Oh, uh, I don't know. You asked me. About five, I didn't know we were talking about so happy, marriage. So happy. Happy. But I'm just, but I'm just, but I'm just saying, when you get in a 25-year range, then that's when you would say, Honey, I got to get to Soundtech Studio. I got an emergency. Whatever. And then pretty soon it just it doesn't... Usually the basement's flooding. That's I gotta go. It's raining. Okay, so that gotta tune the piano. Nice. Things happen. Anyway, yeah, we're here. We're here to discuss the really the the state of the live entertainment, live music scene in the Greater Milwaukee area. I'm sure it's around the country, but we're gonna focus on our area. Yeah. And there's a lot of there's a lot of stuff. Dave Daler is here. Hey. Todd Todd Ratfink. <laughs> <laughs> The only people that ever call me that, my dad says he used to get, get called that in school, but I've never been called that. But well, I know there was a band that just played local somewhere that has that name, and I should get royalties. But it's uh, it, Ratfink. Ratfink was uh, I can't remember the guy, the artist's name, but it yeah. was the the Ratfinks that were in Hot Rods and they had yep. stick shifts that were yep. real high, and they 
It was almost like a troll doll type thing, but only it was a rat fink. They were cool. We got, when we were kids, we went to State Fair, and we got the airbrush guy would, well, Mitch, put it on the side of the Chevelle, and the Chevelle's distorted. The wheels are spinning, and they're smoking, and they, they look, and Mitch. Rat fink was it, driving. And rat fink <laughs> was driving, but it said Mitch on there, and yeah. then my brother Dennis, my brother Mark. Anyway, rat fink, and then we've got Michael Grassman, who is uh, connected here with Paulie's, does a lot of stuff at yeah. Paulie's. So we're, we're going to start with, I guess, why did this become a concern? And we're, we'll get to it. The live music uh, industry itself is flailing right now, I think. I think there's an adjustment period going on, and we've seen it for a little bit now. It is. But what to, we'll, we'll start with Michael Grassman. Why did this become an issue and why did you take it by the horns oh man um so you know a lot of this happened with me playing at venues like national north and running you know hiring todd and all these guys and we get together we talk about our shows we talk about what's working and what's not working and how do we fix it and it's it's right there it's successful there are so many great shows happening right now and occasionally we have quite more often than we like, really bad shows that we got to figure out what's going and on. And when you say bad, you yeah, mean... Yeah, it's probably the wrong word. Well, you, you would just, say the sparsely attended. Um, I guess if we were to be real honest, it would be nights there where the bar lost money. You know, it's, it's truthfully just what we're looking at. is It's tough and it's really hard to explain, but, you know, we need to look at the scenarios that are really working and successful and make sure that we communicate those things around so we had these conversations with the other the bars and everything, and we decided, why don't we just get together and have a conversation about it and what's working for you and what's working for us and how do we communicate the, the really good aspects of what's working. Um, and that's how this all kind of just got started. And, and so you, you started the, the dialogue, you started the conversation, or you noticed that now's the time to, to start the conversation, which is bar owners, which is yeah. club owners, could be a restaurant bar, could be whatever. But the conversations have always been happening. I mean, for my 20 years of being working in this town, it's, I've heard the same thing for 20 years. It's just, it's, it's, it's a lot of, you know, it's just live music's dead. And I'm like, well, it's, it's not, it's there. It's just not being fed the right way. And I think that you know, because we're all in a network now of, like, we know each other, we're friends, we have relationships. I feel like relationships are the most important part of everything that we're doing here. And hiding things back and being the musician who has been ghosted by venues left and right over my years, like, oh, it's a email, they wouldn't reply. Let's talk about, let's just have conversations as to why we're talking, why we're not replying, why we need to see something different, what can we do to be better, what could we do to be better, and now that we had this connection together, you know, there were some things that we noticed just by talking that we can do better, that we can book smarter and, and just be more cooperative with, like, you know, you've got a country band, so maybe I shouldn't have a country band that night and, and just and that, find and that's, paths. A lot of that stuff is logical. It, it makes sense you, as a fan, not as a musician or a sound guy or a club owner, just as someone who likes live music, who enjoys live music. It makes yeah. sense that that would be, you know, that would be front center, that two bands that are very similar in, in their music, 
mm-hmm. are playing two blocks away, so you're cannibalizing each other. Is that sort of one of the issues? We looked at it as something we can do to be better. It's something that we can do if we, we share our calendars with each other now so we can look at it and say, you know, this band is, you know, very similar to this band. Let's, and, the, and we're not, like I said, and one of the messages that we really want to make sure we're communicating is that we're not taking away shows from anybody. We're just making sure that we place them better so that the country fans can go to the bar that has country music tonight and the metal fans can go to the bar that has metal music tonight. But if we have the same things going on too close to each other, we feel like that's, that's hurting us. Did the dialogue between the club owners kind of happen organically? Where just I don't, I don't want to name names and name clubs because you know we can speak for ourselves, but it's hard to speak for someone. But would you say that someone down the road, three miles this way, two miles this way, 15 miles out, Waukesha area, this, did you, did you find it was as soon as the dialogue started and you guys started opening up that dialogue itself was it easy did it just flow and people were were just yeah yes yes this well, we're, we're losing uh it's not the same i think we instantly realized that everybody has the same problems and one thing that i realized right away was that um even though all these businesses and bars are competing with each other they don't have to compete with each other like there's enough entertainment dollar out there if we're smart about how we're doing things i say we as a collective whole of all the bars everybody that's having live music what's your role todd in in the scene here what's your um i book for i book for three or four bars in the area um i'm the production manager for the prince experience in uh daybreak a barry manilow tribute um so i'm touring a lot booking locally booking around the u.s a lot of booking um a little bit of everything (laughs) i wear a lot Mm -hmm. of hats um since my day job went away. But um, I think, I think like I was saying, the, the, the one thing that we realized is we all have the same problems. And as we started talking about them and we realized that, it was, it was a very easy, I think, very easy um, transition to like, yeah, you know, you bring up, you bring up, uh, you know, crowd sharing, the same band playing, whatever. And, you know, as we started kind of growing and saying, hey, xyz bar we're sharing our calendars so that we're not booking the same bands you want to get in on that yeah absolutely and it's really helped you know moving forward like he like mike said when when we're booking something and you look at the calendar say i'm not going to book a country band because so-and-so has a country band and they're too close and there's a lot of live music in this town i mean from duos and solos to bands and, and and covers and 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 it's hard to completely get away from that. But if we're making an effort to be aware, I think it's a step in the right direction. Do you think that most, if not all club owners, bar owners, venue owners are, are in, they're all in, they're willing to talk or, or do you find it's 50, 50? Do you find some are hesitant to get in on this thing? Because it, it, to me, it seems like, and again, I'm not club owner. I don't book bands. I don't do any of that stuff. It seems like, Every venue owner would want to do what's best for them, but maybe what's best for them is what you guys are discussing. So then you give them a little, you know, nudge them a little bit, have them listen and see if they're open to it. Well, this is all really, really new. And I, and I don't think that we've gone out to every bar in town and saying, Hey, do you want to get, you want to be part of this 
yet, not yet at least, but the few people that we have talked about, at least personally, once from a bar standpoint and from the band standpoint, once you sit down and have the conversation and, and make them understand, like if you book a country band and there's a country band playing down the road, neither one of you are going to have a good night and that's not good for anybody. And, and they understand and that. They understand obvi- that and once, yeah, but it has to be explained and, and it's not just, I want to book a band because we're going to draw more people. It's just not that simple anymore, you know? And, and I think once you have the conversation, they understand that for the most point. I haven't had personally anybody say that's a stupid idea. I don't want to right. be a part of it. Yeah, that's what that's what I was going to ask. Is it? It seems like at first they would they would think, oh, it's weird. Why? Yeah. Why is kind of one person or a couple people spearheading this? But it could be to their benefit sure. if if everyone kind of participates. One I mean, of, one of the things that I noticed was you know we have all these we don't we're not venue owners like in this group that we have, we're all basically coming from the industry itself as musician, as a sound guy. Um, and most of them are sound guys. Matt Campbell's a sound guy. Um, you know, there's not many owners that are a part of this group that are, you know, trying to make this about bottom line. What we're trying to make it about is like, we see the potential, what we can do better. We, we see it from our perspective as we're with you. We're the same people. So I, I kind of look at this as, as like ambassadors for the venue. We deal with the owner. The owner gives us his input, his or her input, excuse me, and what they need, what they want. So there's no, there, it's, this is not a communist push by there's, two people. I know I'm just yeah. saying though, from, from outside looking in, someone, you know, someone might say, well, why is Grassman doing this instead of somebody else? no one else took the, the bull by the horns. Well, right. And, and I think it's very easy to see that again, until you have the conversation and, and it, it, you know, again, this hasn't been going on that long. And, and as I start having conversations with bands about what we're really trying to do and how it's going to benefit everybody and make them understand that we're not trying to take work away from anybody and we're not trying to prohibit anybody from playing. And, and then they kind of realize, okay, that makes sense. I think it just takes but time. But they're still, they're still a little bit hesitant to, it, be, to People be form own. their own opinions, and if they're not hearing it directly from somebody that's leading the charge, so to speak, or involved with it, then, then, then yeah, it's, it's, um, it can be perceived as a bad thing, you know, and it's not meant to be that way at all, you know. If, if, if the bars aren't drawing, we're all out of what we do. I mean... If a bar decides to not have well, live music end, anymore or they close or whatever, I mean, so it, it benefits everybody from the bands to the sound guys to the bartenders to the waitresses to, you know, so. What are, what are we talking about? What are the main points? I, I don't think it's going to be a list of 40 things. I think it's just a couple of main things. What what are we mostly talking about here, Michael? The The, the two or three points of importance. Um, what we... One big one that I want is just to make sure that we understand that this is something that we need to just communicate about. So we've kind of implemented this radius clause. Now, the radius clause is not a set in stone, you have to abide by this. What it is is just a means for you to say, talk to us. If you have something that you think is... And talk to us, meaning the bar, the Just club owners send me a that are. I well, no, the the bands really. I mean, the bands send send me a message, send Todd a message saying, 
Uh, I've talked to Todd this week about, you know, I book something here and you book something there. Do, should we, I think that's a, we're good and we're good, right? And we agreed to it. And we've had situations where like, no, that one's too close. That one's the same weekend. So we've, that's one of the things if we just keep Okay, so talking, the radius, what, what is the approximate radius, what, we, what we're talking? 20 miles, I think is what we're, yeah. you know. But so, I think it, it, the problem is, is that when you, as, as, a, as a booker, if you're booking a band and you call XYZ and you say, hey, are you available this date? And they say, yeah. They should be saying, yeah, I'm available, but just so you're aware, I'm playing at five miles cool. down the road. I think that will happen in time. I yeah, think absolutely, they'll absolutely. get it once once this but is. But it's not happening now, and that's where part of the problem is, is right. that and bands are playing. Right. That's so we talk. have talk. Let's talk to each other about what we need, what you need, and if we keep talking, we, we come to something where we can both be happy and feel confident and move forward with. So if we have a 20-mile radius and the – compass is put right here here's the point and then we go around approximately 20 miles you would say that you can play within this 20 miles how often like what what, four weeks yeah Yeah, i mean it's it's four weeks but it's very loose i mean we're not like like he said we're not really being hard about it it's just being smart about it you know if you're playing five miles away it doesn't make any sense but well a club yeah a club owner would want to have more success absolutely so instead of having three shows in five weeks and they're sparsely attended your idea your your vision is if you have one show you'll pack the house hopefully hopefully yeah i mean it's interesting when we started talking about this i i went and mapped out the distances between a lot of the different clubs in the area and and like from say nashville north which is downtown or or east side to um, tipsy turtle or Q club is, is probably outside of that radius or just within that radius. But, um, people don't, it, you don't perceive it as that, you know, my mic's falling off. Don't stuff. worry about me over here. I'm just <laughs> trying to keep this not to fall in my lap. Well, guy. I'm glad, I'm glad he's going to fix this. Cause I was going to ask Dave Daler and Dave Daler, people miss you. Oh, I miss he them. Was, he was the owner of uh, saloon on Calhoun with bacon uh, for how many years? 11 years we did that. I was going to say 10. Yeah, it was so a lot of fun. Close. And, uh, you know, it was, it was a amazing learning experience along the way. And the industry has changed. I mean, the reality is after we came out of COVID, I feel that people's habits have changed. And I think that is creating a situation that is creating additional problems in these bookings and these attendance and everything else. And it has a lot to do with the fact that a lot of the attendees have changed in a lot of their habits. And, oh, and besides aging. And too. aging, and, and I think we have to reinvent kind of how we do things. You know, a little bit from the, the old, what used to work, I don't know that it's just automatically going to work. And uh, anyway, I'm uh, slightly distracted here while the engineer is doing such great work on this microphone. Anyway, at the end of the day, we ended up closing after COVID, after uh, a, a real great run. But the, the, I would say that year going up to when we closed, our attendance from what we had traditionally established dropped by about a well, third. Being, and being the owner of Saloon. Yeah. Being, don't touch. Don't touch it. <laughs> being the owner of Saloon, you, you could, after you're there for a year, two years, five years, 
you could just about write the numbers. Yep. We're going to do this on a Friday. We got this band coming in. We got this Saturday. We got open jam on. What was your open jam night? I yeah, remember. open jam. The first time I ever saw Talon was like Wednesday. 10 years ago at your place. Yeah, amazing. Talon. We uh, had so much amazing. And, and, and I mean, that's the thing. This, we have so much talent in the area. There are so many amazing bands. There is so much opportunity to go out for live entertainment. And how do you identify where to go, who to see, how much to spend. All of those things are part of the conversation now because obviously our economy has changed. So you have people maybe not spending as much, maybe not going out as often, maybe only choosing one band or one night to go out versus maybe two, three, or four a week. Uh, and the demographics are also changing. So, I mean, you have all of these different things in the live music, bookings and clubs and all of that that has to be dealt with. And then you have to deal with additional complications such as they're talking about having two bands similar genre playing close to each other the same band playing within a short amount of distance in a short amount of time because that really is forcing the followers of live music to choose either or versus definitely it's not the same as let's go every week it's well we'll go to this one show so some clubs are getting gypped out of what would have otherwise been a very full house this is, I think, what brought Mike to the table with these, you know, how, what's going on? How are we doing it? Why are we doing it? Why are we having these double booking situation? I got brought into the conversation. These guys had been talking about it for a little bit before they asked if I would be willing to attend. And the reason that they asked me to attend, not just because I own Saloon on Calhoun and had some experience there, but I've been with Whammy now for about a year. I was brought in on the executive board of Whammy and recently change to wanting to help live venues flourish and, and when is Milwaukee you, area music industry Wisconsin yep it's uh yeah it, it's it's a organization that is trying to better the music scene by giving scholarships and and such but it, it that's their thing is all music it's that, all music they they're completely focused on supporting live music and the music industry in Wisconsin. And their focus is, yes, on scholarships. They're building up scholarships. They want to raise... That was the original, I think, years ago. That's how it started, 40 years ago or so. It was, it was that was their that was their main mission, right? And it became, you know, primarily an awards organization. I mean, the the whammy that people know and are familiar with of the last ten fifteen years has been primarily an organization to recognize through awards the musicians that are nominated and the musicians that win those nominations. Um, now, over the last year and a half, um, they have really tried to expand the vision of whammy to be able to not only bring in more and more so it's not such a i, I don't know i don't, don't want to say a click or a you know we want to include everybody we want to include all different types of music genres we want to include all different demographics in in wisconsin you know from you know in every type you know whether it's inner city or country or wherever it is whatever the music is we want to be able to provide that support so there's multiple things happening within whammy but from this conversation with these guys one of the things that i'm taking very much personally is establishing yeah i touched the mic and i'm getting looks i was waiting i was waiting for i was was like don't touch the mic um, but it, it, with Whammy, we are able, I think, to be able to facilitate some of the things that Mike and, and Todd are talking about with 
how do you communicate with the venue owners? And we have already established in our website a calendar that we're going to allow venue owners to be able to get access to if they're a part of whammy where they can just do whatever they normally do whether that's a google calendar that they keep their information on or whatever we want to tie that all together and then make it available so that what these guys are trying to do on a small scale can be utilized on a broader scale yeah i I thought of that a few years ago yeah and i was (laughs) boy I have dreams, you know, at my age, I still have dreams, (laughs) but I swear to God, I was trying to figure out a way to put like, and it was going to be called like something dumb, you know, like I'm drinking and I'm thinking about a new, a new venture in my life. Yeah. Mr. Milwaukee's music. So I can't even remember, but I wrote down (laughs) shit. I used to drink in the basement at my house and write stuff down and have all these notes like a idiot savant of putting sticky notes here but i thought that that would be a a cohesive way to look to see what's playing when and where and it would go monday through sunday because there's stuff sometimes tuesdays paulie's has troubadour tuesdays um you know there's something any night that you want to go there's open jams on wednesdays a lot of times i notice bike nights are tuesdays typically harley museum is thursday i I had this all down and i started writing this stuff down and I'm thinking, who should I call? I should have called you, and you could have set me up with this. You could have made this. You could have made Mr. Milwaukee. That's Mitch. That's me. Mm-hmm. And I could have had my own thing, right. just my one thing. And then I could have just rode off into the sunset, and people could check that calendar. And it's free. Like, you don't yeah. have to, you know, your band doesn't have to pay. But if it got big enough, then I could get Miller as a sponsor. Or it would be, you know, there'd be something there. I never did it. It's a challenge. I, it's well, also a challenge. I mean, we, we getting could, venue owners to do could, anything on a calendar is a little challenging. Trust yeah, me on that. Well, wasn't there a web, Wasn't there a Milwaukee? I want to say I was just thinking. Yeah. Yeah, like, but, I miss but, Milwaukee rocks. Oh. Yeah. But now you could get the shepherd, and Danny, you could look sure. at stuff, and it was fairly, fairly cohesive. It was it was fairly on, but there's still stuff that was to be announced or yeah. some cancellations. But the one that you guys just said, that one wasn't. How long did that one last? First oh, of all, probably my first ten years of being in this town. Was it? And it? It's been. It was a while though. It went and then it faded away. Yeah, yeah. that's when I should COVID. strike the iron. <laughs> the iron's hot. I'm striking now. Anyway, it didn't happen. It. Hope yeah. the hope the whammies uh, can do it. If we want to steal this one, Michael, mean you can do this. Sure. You I want can. a page that has where all the food trucks in town are located because that's another idea okay. that I had. So we can just combine the two. Well, well we got to make sure. share that on the air. That way, you know, taco okay. trucks. That's yeah, a good one, especially music. spring, summer, right? Spring, summer, fall. That's a, that's a good time. That's a real good idea. Yeah. My mm-hmm. wife right. will kill me. So, <laughs> well, <laughs> you, when you get up to 25 years marriage, she'll want you to go out and do that. Go go to Soundcheck's. Go to Soundcheck Entertainment and see if everything's okay. He finally remembered how long. Five years. This just then he got it in his ear. (laughs) Twenty years from now, brother, I'll be counts. He got he got a text from his wife. (laughs) So so Dave, what do you think is the one or two biggest issues? Why not not? And I'm let's not talk about the radius Mm -hmm. or the playing every four weeks or so. And I know it's not set in stone for the drop-off in attendance in live music? Just what, what's your idea? We'll go around the table on this one. Some You might have the same answers on some. Some might be different. I think in some ways, bands and clubs take things for granted. You know, they just think if I have this band, 
show up. Well, because that's how it always was. Right. That's how it's been. And bands, I think, to a certain extent, think, well, we're so-and-so. People know us. We just have to play. We don't have to worry about marketing or putting out, you know, any... There's a handful outreach. of bands that, that fall in that category. Yeah. And, and, I, and I think that those two things are really, in and of themselves, hurting the industry to the extent that there's so many things that are competition. You know, it's not like live music's the only thing to do. It used to be one of the only things to do if you didn't want to go to a movie. But now with everything else that's out there, you're competing against... First of all, people Tinder. That, right Tinder, <laughs> um, but TikTok. <laughs> you don't need to go to a bar to get laid anymore. <laughs> well, that's part of it, but it's also what's the what? What are the younger generation? You know, what are they into? Are they going to live music or are they not? And if well, what they, do you think? Well, not as much as the older generation. Definitely are. not as much. So why? Because they're not being attracted, or because their attention's on something else? Because their VR is more fun. I don't have those answers, but I do know that if there isn't more and more reinventing of how to draw people to the live music scene, you can't rely on people 45 and older to support your band attendance exclusively. Definitely. So how do we fix that? I'm not sure, but getting the word out there, doing more, reinventing, marketing more, making shows more exciting, bands putting a little bit more effort into being something that people would choose to watch that's as exciting as maybe going to a movie. You know, there's a lot of bands out there that just kind of punch in. You know, they do a good job, but they just right. take it for granted. They've always done it this Interesting. way. Interesting. So to me, I think that there needs to be more effort in the live music industry in order to compete with everything else that is being tossed at everybody. Every, I mean, there's a struggle for your attention. Every, I'm ADD. I can barely get out of the house half the time because I'm just, oh, look, hey, bright light, shiny object, squirrel. He's not. You're kidding. <laughs> yeah, no, I know. Hard to say. Anyway, so that's, I'll let you guys talk. Todd, what, what Dave just said, do you have any other one or two things? Um, the reason why the crowd, and not just age, forget about age. Yeah, if I knew the, the reason, thing. I'd probably be... Rich. But, but you have an opinion. Yeah, I have an opinion. I mean, I think, you know, COVID, everything changed with COVID. And, you know, the live entertainment, local, nationally, did not come out of COVID, which I predicted it would. I thought everybody from local to national acts were going to be just chomping at the bit to play, yeah. which they were. And I thought they were going to play for cheap because they, you know, it all went away and everybody just wanted to get out there and play. And the, kind of the opposite happened. Everybody raised their price. Everybody demanded more money. Um, and... But I think they're still developing, they're d delivering the same product. Like, there's not a lot of bands who put on a show anymore, you know, just to get up on stage. And uh, I don't want to quote Chris Crow and shorts, but but <laughs> oh, I mean, like, man. for a for a band <laughs> for Fine a band name. just to wear shorts Fine on stage, oh. and you know, I mean, <laughs> there's, there has to be a presentation, you know. Well, I mean? uh, what about Danny in shorts? <laughs> Well, I mean, short skirts. Drummers and women get a they get a free yeah. pass. We all know I love that. you, Danny. And, and I'm not saying that everybody has to dress up. I'm not saying any of that. I'm, and I'm not pointing fingers. I just said that. I'm just saying that like there has to be a effort into just not. You know, I mean, how many bands still use iPads on stage to read their lyrics? Or you know, there's there's a lot of variables. And I'm not saying that any one of those is is what's causing the the, the decline of crowds. But I just think that it's the same product, same bands doing the same thing. There has to be some kind of change or some kind of reinvention. It doesn't have to be a complete overhaul, but there ha something things change that has to change somehow. Michael, 
they're all right. I want to answer to Dave because I think something's changed with the audience that comes out. Mm -hmm. And I think a couple things that have changed. There's one is that things cost more. So unfortunately, and it's not the band's fault, but like what we need to see at the end of the night costs more now. Mm -hmm. And what we see out of people is not a lot of, again, the, it's changed. People aren't drinking. They're, they're not drinking as much as they used to. And they're coming in, and if you don't have a cover charge, they're getting free entertainment, and they're ordering waters and sodas. And this has been a conversation that I've had to have with my venues and talk to about, like, we, we can't, if they're not going to spend money, we have to make money somewhere. Otherwise, we can't have the band. Otherwise, we can't pay the bartenders. We can't stock things. So we have to make money for the free entertainment. You know, YouTube isn't free unless you get an ad, unless you pay for it, unless you pay for a subscription. Why shouldn't live entertainment be somewhat of the same? So I think that we have those two things. Things cost more and people aren't buying as much. And again... And to, and to that end, now people are charging cover charges, which I'm completely... Every, everybody should have to pay a cover charge if they're going to go see live music, in I my opinion, life, yes. simply because the costs are there. You know, everybody would come into Saloon and see 400 people and man, wow, you guys are so successful. You're doing so great. Look at how much money you're making. And it'd be like, yeah, but I have to pay the band. I have to pay right. the techs. I have to pay the staff. Right. I have to pay the equipment. I have to, after all of this, I hope to break even. Right. And that was in our optimum days. Yep. So you are correct in that. However, <laughs> however, the challenge is now people have only so many dollars. So mm. when they have to think about paying a cover charge and then buying drinks and all of a sudden they're like, well, do I go spend that money yeah. or do I get the dog food this week? And that's, that's part of this. I'm not sure how to solve yeah. this economic situation we're in other than making it worth the money. That's just a little wrinkle in the fold. Yep. Of, of well, I know how to solve it. Yet. Vote. Go <laughs> vote in, in November. I'm Outcomes just matter. I'm, I'm, I'm just... I'm just kidding. We, we're not, You're not we're, wrong. We're not. I know, but we're 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 unbiased. We're we're just uh, people. One I want to add one thing though, and just to sum up this conversation, I think that what we would be, I would be remiss if I didn't say that there are a lot of bands that are actually doing exactly what we need them to do. Like they're promoting in the right way. They get, they bring a great crowd that's you know respectful and you know is buying and tipping well. And when we see that, like I said, I see it. And I think that there's a re there's not it's not by accident, you know they're doing the right things and they're being successful and they're drawing three four hundred people out because they're doing things in a way that a lot of the oversaturation is just killing it. So I I think that the, again the shows can be great. What we can overcome these things if you can think of those things off the top. Of, what are those things like? If you're trying to help another band, say, well, this band's successful sure. because they're doing those things. What okay. what would those things? Well, be? I I would just know a few of them. Being a spectator, go. Don't you know that you shouldn't play and and not that the radius clause was even in place or or talked about before? But you know if you play every. Four to six weeks at a place, you're going to get a crowd instead of every other week or in that vicinity. So if you, that, that would just be one, sure. what I would guess. And I would guess that if you market, you have a bunch of friends that share your stuff and you're looking forward to a show on a Sunday at Pauly's, Sunday fun day. Sometimes it's, it's, it's a hit and miss sometimes. But if you look forward to that five weeks from now, five weeks from now, I'm talking about a Sunday fun day at Paulie's. Then it goes four weeks, three weeks, two weeks. Fuck, it's on my calendar. It's mm -hmm. in my phone. 
I'm going to that because five weeks ago, my wife talked about it with her friend and they're going to do that. So if you put it out early enough and you're not saturated in that area of you played there three weeks ago, which coincides with the radius clause. That, that, that's just... I think there's a lot of things that bands can do that they aren't doing. I mean, if a band thinks that just building a Facebook event is enough, it's not. Nobody sees it. But if they're if they're coordinating with the bar or the venue and and, and hitting their friends and, and fans and, and the bartenders are sharing it and creating content. Sure, absolutely. And and you know, doing a live video to promote the event yep. and paying paying for paid ads and, and hitting all the different groups and I mean there's some there's some bands that go overboard. I see their ads constantly, but they're getting crowds too, you know. And, and again, I'm not I'm not a marketing expert, and but I know that there has to be more done. You know, the days of bars of bands going to bars and dropping off posters and dropping off flyers, and that's very few bands that still do that. Well, the, and, and those are I hate to say it, but tactics of days gone by absolutely, absolutely. which with the, I used to love that shit. You walk down in the East Side and you'd see on telephone poles. Sure. Oh yeah, sure. Someone's coming here. And I Ramones made that promise are- to Matt Campbell for a show in May. I said, we will be down on Brady Street putting up street team stuff. Nice. Now, do I, the now thing I said like, it publicly, kind of so strip. I have to do it now. <laughs> yeah. Well, it's I'll, fun, I'll help you. I'll it's help also you. fun. It's also it's a good way of, to meet people. Well, it's, it's also not leaving something on the table that could have been done. Yeah, you, you, know, can, you can print off. You can copy 300, 200 uh, pages, whatever, and yeah. put them up. If you Something. put up a hundred, if you put up a hundred, you in radio they used to say for every one caller that calls a radio program, this is crazy numbers. But just think about this in a, in a much smaller uh, context. What we're talking about, but the radio guys and the marketers and the consultants would say for every one caller that takes the time, whether they're nervous or they think they sound funny. They speak for a thousand people. Yeah. It's way less what we're talking about, but it's still someone sees that poster, right? You're, mm-hmm. you're, if one person sees it, that means I think 10 will. Somehow five, whatever it is, right? They'll tell a buddy and they'll say, let's go to Nashville North and go down Brady Street or let's go to, you know, Paulie's or let's go to the bar. Let's go to Shotzi's. Let's go to Tipsy Turtle. You can't put stuff out in the country because the cows will poop on it before you get... <laughs> Before you uh, see it, but you know what I mean. Like if you, even that little thing that cost you cost you ten bucks or less Time. to put these things up in a populated area, people will see it. Mm-hmm. You put up ten things, twenty things, fifty things, and hopefully fifty people show up. I think that marketing is taken way too grant way too for granted by <laughs> bands and clubs. A lot of times, they think that just putting poster up of all the bands coming up on their wall will attract business. Well, it's because it's in their venue. They think that so putting up a Facebook, is, as Todd said, is going to draw people. The bands that are really successful, that pack a house every time, are the ones that are gathering data, that are putting up a uh, scan code that people can you know, scan, and all of a sudden they've captured their emails. And that speaks and, one, if one person does that, that yeah. means... 20 looked at it or something. There, there's, there's ways right. to figure that out. But, but if you go out and, and you see a band and you really like it and they happen to have a banner with a scan code and the amount of effort it takes you to go deep to get that information, 
but if the band is wise enough to capture that data and then stays in contact with those people that did that, these are fans. They wouldn't have done that if they weren't your fan. Build that fan base and keep in touch with them and bring them to your events and keep doing that over time. The big successful bands have done that over years, and now they show up and 400 people show up. But it wasn't because they just put a Facebook post on. It was because they'd spent a decade cultivating a database that they can touch people that like them in the first place and know about what they're doing in the second. And I am shocked to this day how many clubs out there that call themselves live music venues don't even have a listing that I can find on the website, on Facebook. Yeah. What They don't have a listing of what they have coming up. How in the world are you going to be successful if no one knows you have a because, band coming? Because they take it for granted, just what you said. Yeah. Well, so you guys went around with, with your thing. I just I want to say this because I talked to my friends, my, my close friends, my wife, uh, some music lovers that I know. Post-COVID, so I'd say during covid and then when it was kind of waning but still there were still restrictions and there's mass stuff in the bigger cities mask mandates and shit like that um i noticed that the venues the the places that never had live music decided that oh i see this they're having success because of this so a patio bar someone that is out of town a little bit they tried it and it worked for them for a while and then it collapsed. So there was a spike mm-hmm. post COVID where I think it was overly saturated. That's what I that's what I noticed. What I saw in my travels, mm-hmm. it would be like, oh, they never had music out here at this blah blah tiki bar or at this blah blah whatever place. And now they have a band sitting out or they have a, a duet or mm-hmm. a, a duo uh, yeah. acoustic something. But it was live music and they had people uh, support that because those were the undesirables that were like, I don't care about a super spreader. I don't right. care, but you know what I mean? I'm sure. just going to go, but I'm, yeah. I'm serious. Right. It, worked, it worked for a while, but then everything levels off. So they had some success being oversaturated, if that's if that's yeah. a word we'll use. And then everyone, there was a few other people that go, oh, they're doing it down the road here. Uh, I'm 35 miles away. I'm in this city or Kansasville or somewhere else, or I'll have, why don't we have, and then it, 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 leveled off again and they're like wow what happened we didn't do anything all we did is put people out there and the bikers knew that there was going to be uh someone playing out here tonight there it lasted for maybe maybe that summer and fall and then the next year and then the next year it was not not as profitable i remember that time frame because it was a false sense of reality of what we were seeing so exactly it was it was you know things basically were open whether you wanted to or not, in May, June of 2020. And then I remember from fall until spring, packed everywhere. Yes. I, can, I can think of 20 venues that I played at, acoustic, whatever, that don't do music anymore. Things came back down to reality. Yes. And unfortunately, one of the things I saw during that time frame, and I'm guilty of it as well, is getting the sense that like this is what it is now. We're going to be great. That's what I thought. More and more. And, you know, yeah, bands do deserve more money. We should pay more money. We should go. And then all of a sudden it came back. And then inflation came. And then things got more expensive. And then what used to be this price is no longer that price. It changed for everybody. Right. And we're not having that conversation. We haven't had that conversation of like, hey, you know, this is... I've always said if you want to have a conversation at the end of the night, and usually the next day because people have been drinking at shows, and there's a few guys in town that will hit you up the next day and say, how did we do numbers-wise? 
and you'll talk about it and say, hey, man, I, usually when they ask you, they're confident that they did great. And yeah, yeah, man, let's do another show right away, book it, get it going, and talk about what worked and why that worked. And that's the, the successes of just if we just keep talking, if we just keep asking questions. I don't ignore people that ask me questions. I, that's my rule from being the musician who couldn't get an answer out of a club owner. Hey, you want to book my band? No reply, no reply. Every musician knows that feeling. It's not fun. So I've always wanted to give that respect back, whether you liked what I had to say or not, which, again, when we've stressed this, it's not personal. It is never personal for me. And, in fact, it is a personal thing for me to maintain a relationship with people. And we would be bad at our jobs if we let personal relationships interfere with successful nights. So we've always wanted to just say, talk to us. Then you started talking. We got together. You know, we, we have one rule is that we don't talk about money between the venues. We do not say, hey, I paid a band this. You paid okay. a band that. Never has that conversation. We, okay. That was the first thing we said when we got together. All right. Because as an outsider, I would think that not everybody, but a percentage of people would think there's collusion going on if you talk to, you know, like you guys got uh, this club owner, this bar owner, this bar restaurant owner, the guy in the east side, the guy out in Lake Country, the the new one over here, the one that just closed and reopened. I would think that if you guys are, and, and I'm not saying that, but I would think the perception could be for some people that, oh, they're going to uh, lock the price. This is, mm -hmm. this is right? That's, yes, it's been said to me. So that would be, your answer was? The answer to that is there is absolutely, one, we, that was the first thing we addressed when we got together was we do not talk money. Because, again, I heard that before we even had our first meeting was you're going to set prices. Well, that's impossible for us to do because every band, every venue, every location, every cover has charge, a has a different number. every capacity has a different everything. And, you know, we, we all recognize that. And, we, and I have to recognize that when we talk to bands that play, it, when they play to Saloon and Calhoun and right. when they want to play with us. And I would say, hey, but, you know, capacities are so different. Our potential for earning something is capped at this, whereas you have the ability to do that. And I've always said, put your eggs in your basket when you play Saloon and Calhoun. Like, that's your best show of the year promote it better than you promote me that's just the reality but that's the answer i give is like everything so is there different. is there's definitely no collusion there's no price setting i know but i i know i yeah i would no. say that that would when, be the that would actually be the worst thing they could possibly do right. it would it would it so, would so get that out of your it mind would piss off everybody literally oh, yeah. and and i i would agree with that i'm just saying that some people yeah, might think so. might see that because it's and that's why we're having these podcasts is so mm -hmm. that we can reiterate this message of like we're not trying to take anything away from anybody. We're booking just as many shows. We just want to make sure that they're smart shows and that we respect everybody's individual ways of doing their business. Mm -hmm. Okay, the the radius clause or whatever you guys are going to call this, and then is it out yet? Is it actually out? It's in writing. In in writing, where the club owners see it, it it's. We all have our individual ways of putting into writing to the bands that we hire. There's no one form that we all agreed on. Like, but it has all, to be close in content. I mean, it has to have most of the bullet points have to be yeah, there. It's the same things. Yeah, I mean, it's it's we haven't. This is also new. You know, they were already the venues that he deals with were already giving written um, 
guidelines or whatever you want to call them as part of the contract or whatever, you know, me is not a venue owner. It hasn't even brought up to the owners. Hey, are you guys okay if we give this to the bands in writing? And right now it's really kind of, I'm still on the, the, the fence or on the, the mindset of like bands should know better. <laughs> um, and, and we're finding out that that's not always the case. And, and I don't just mean booking strategies or, you know, but marketing and, and all everything. Um, so it's, it's definitely discussed. It's now it's brought up when I'm booking a date, it's like, Hey, are you playing anywhere else in the area? Because if you are, um, we can't do the stage or we got to move it to another day or, or that kind of thing. And, and, and that's, that's going to happen for a while. Absolutely. If, it's going to be a slow for thing. years. Yeah. It, it yeah. could be where, and the exceptions would be, I'm just guessing, I don't know this, but if you put that compass down and you draw a radius around it, 20 miles ish state fair, summer fest, um, I wrote down some things that I was going to discuss. State Fair, Summerfest, are those exceptions? Yeah. Yeah, they're exceptions. They but I think it, it still has to be taken into account that you're not going to play Paulie's um, the week after you play State Fair unless it's like a post-State Fair party or whatever. I mean, there still has to be some consideration for playing right across the street or you know, right nearby what, or something like that. So. And one of the ways I look at it is more like, how are you going to promote that show versus that show? So... You can only say you can only post so many things in one week about your one show on Saturday versus your one show on Friday. But I think the, the built the built-in crowd at State right. Fair is is a different. So you don't need to go to town on your State Fair promotion when you really need to go to town on your Tipsy Turtle promotion. Like that's kind of the difference that we look at. It's like, yeah, man, Summerfest, man. I know you're gonna make you're gonna promote it. It's gonna be big, but you're gonna promote this one. You know, just give us a little bit of respect that we do rely on you to bring crowds. And you know what? Human nature is to, if I'm, if I'm a rock star, can you picture me being a rock totally. star? Totally. Be honest. Yeah, 100%. You can't. No, you're, I can't. You're, you're a lying. creed. Uh, you, you can't tell me how I can see you. Lead singer of Creed, man, right there. But, uh, <laughs> but, uh, but human nature is to, I got this thing at Summerfest. I got a six o'clock time somehow. I don't know how, but a local band got this. So... I'm going to, I mean, I'm so happy. I'm so I'm proud of it, you know. So, but I know what you're saying is you don't have to post every other second. When I say that, I'm exaggerating. Five times a day about the State Fair Summerfest gig. I spoke yeah. Summerfest first. Because that's a built-in crowd. That there's, there's natural traffic already there. So the next week when you're playing at Maddie's or Tipsy Turtle or Paulie's or... Saloon on Calhoun. Can we reopen Saloon? <laughs> Me and you? <laughs> Not anymore. Okay. But, but, I, but I agree with that, Michael. I do. The, the radius clause will have... I think... Will have exceptions. It's, right. It's not in stone. And, and I think that there's a lot of variables with that in that who is that band that's playing at State Fair or Summerfest? Are they playing at every church festival every weekend? A lot of the bar's booking strategy changes during the summer. Um, you know, Tipsy Turtle doesn't run during the summer as as least right now. But they'll have um, their patio outside. So hope, they're hopefully, yeah. Um, hopefully, gonna... and, and and you know, Polly changes theirs a little bit too. And I know everybody changes differently. But so again, it depends. Is is this a new band that's looking for dates that's trying to establish themselves? Is it a band that's already established that plays every single weekend in in all the festivals in the area? So there's a lot of variables. It's we're not again. It's none of this is in stone. That's like okay, you, you can't. You're 21 miles. You can't play. You know, right. So, and we don't know exactly, like, we don't know if this is going to be exactly the right fix, but what we do know is that it's just getting us talking. And that's all that I've ever been like, can we just talk? 
So like I was talking to a, a musician friend who was so Do all the club are all the club owners willing they're they're more than willing to talk because it yes. makes sense. For them. I haven't I think the best well, part about all this is know. the dialogue more right. more than you know any actual formal agreement or contract that comes out the dialogue that's been created has in my opinion been long overdue to have clubs and booking agents and bands having a conversation about where are you booking how often are you booking what genres are you booking this has never really been talked about before between clubs it's kind of each clubs on their own each booking agents on their own each talent agents on their own book as much as you can as much as and i think now because of a post covid high inflation era these things that used to kind of just get swept under the rug are becoming very much prevalent conversation but rightly so because it's going to be better for the bands it's going to be better for the clubs if people communicate if the same band is playing in the same area three weeks in a row, that's, they're going to have one-third of the audience at each event. And that's going to be three locations that are going to suffer, that are going to be struggling to pay the bills, trying to keep live music going. And I will say this, too. I don't know if we mentioned it. I think he put, uh, Stizo put it on the title of the program. Bartenders servers mm -hmm. it, yeah. it, it's a bigger it's a bigger group than sound guys and musicians everybody relies on group. business it's, right but but there's i, I know uh, they're giving up their saturday nights just like we are and if they're not making the money and they don't need to get they're guaranteed like no they're upset so look at stizo stizo's oh, man, now, the here. producer of the program <laughs> is comfortable enough we started ask, talking about servers. I to think, ask Grassman, yeah, he heard we're bartending uh, speech, <laughs> and he went. But he, he wanted he's to take a picture. Enough. He's bad at trades. You, yeah. you hire the best guys. Just let <laughs> well, me know. He's, he's a good he's, guy. Uh, My sound guy's me asleep right now. <laughs> he, did he work all day? Yeah. I think <laughs> Stizo slept all day, and now he's out for the night. Um, I do love my sound guys, but it, but it, it's. I think it transcends to more than musicians, obviously, and that means servers bartenders and people go well that's only a small percentage it's more than that too it's i i don't i don't know who else but it, it's this this the whole music thing is a uh, i think it's a micro oh, thank you we're Look going you. down am i having a beer we're doing a beer <laughs> shotgun thanks <laughs> thank oh boy okay i'll have one i i think one of the hardest conversations I've had to have is not talking to an owner after a bad night talking to a server after a bad night and just being like, I'm well, there you go. It's I don't I have no answers for them. I don't know what to say. Um, it's you, you know, and it, we we obviously take into consideration bad weather. We take in consideration random things that we can't control. But sometimes we look at this and we go, I felt like we could have controlled this. I felt like we could have done something better had we just talked. And I was going to say before, I, I had a conversation with a friend who was so excited about four local shows in over a course of a month and i asked him i go but in any one of those scenarios did you say hey but by the way we're playing the week before here or the week before after and he said no i didn't think of that and i go that's all i'm asking just think of that before and ask the venue if the venue says we're cool with it then by all means be cool with it but if the venue says actually i don't want that i i, I want your band but i want a better scenario that's meaning can, meaning the four week uh, in between shows, whatever. Just but that's be smarter. About that's it. a big well. That's yeah, a big I mean, part of it. You that, can still play all of the venues. Let's just make sure that we put it in the right spots and we make sure that we set ourselves up for success. You know, I think 
if I remember right, and I'm sure I do, probably not, but I'm, I'm sure you say, do. I'm sure I do. I'm, I'm pretty sure Chicago is a hell of a lot bigger than Milwaukee. You got it. And when they had, this is years ago. I'll, this is during the QFM days. This is 30, 30 years ago, 25 years ago. Um, they had shit like this in place. Mm-hmm. And I don't know if you guys are aware of that or not. In what? In place? It's just they had like, if you played at a blues club here, and then three days later, I, there's more people, obviously. But they had it, I think they had it in uh, things like this in place where they didn't want to oversaturate you from, because there's, there's more venues there, obviously. Sure. And there's more depending on the side of town. But I think they had shit like this, whether it was an unwritten rule have you? I, 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 know, I know what you're talking about. Yeah, I know. I know. Years ago, they had at least it was like they would go. Oh no, we wouldn't even ask to go by Sylvie's because we just played buddies, and then we're going. So they would. Yeah. They would just know that we can't oversaturate, even though the the pool of people is ten times the size of Milwaukee. They just know that we just played here. We can't play here. This this, this shit ain't gonna work. We're not gonna draw. Yeah. So it was it was part of their scene 25 years ago. I don't know if that waned or if that was uh, still in place i don't know i don't know but i i know that like i i think selective booking is a thing that's gone away though i think mm-hmm. most bands that i've talked to most bookings i've done there's no thought really put into saturating the market it's put into i want this gig and i want another gig we want to work we want to play right, we, we want to play we want to be exposed we want to be out there we love performing we love entertaining we love music we love the scene and all of that's true but very little thought is put into we might be hurting ourselves our attendance the clubs that we're booking at if we're booking within yeah. these radiuses right. and and i think it's taking this economy and these struggles to kind of bring this to the point where we're having this conversation at all. And, and I commend everybody to see club owners and booking agents get together and talk about these common challenges, I think is incredibly unique. I, I don't know that, I mean, the amount of time that I've been in the music industry, which was long before Saloon on Calhoun, I didn't hear much about conversations, dialogue between club owners. You know, you'd hear... Uh, you know, agents maybe and booking talent would talk occasionally, but even that, I don't know, is anybody's talking. No, and and one of the things you asked earlier is like if the club owners, you know, again, like Mike said, we're not we're not the owners, we're just representing the owners from what they want in entertainment. And in the conversations that I've had with actual owners, they're like they love it. They're like, this is never mm-hmm. we've never talked before. People haven't really talked, and and like we said earlier, it's going to be a, a uphill. Not, I don't want to say a battle, but it's going to be an uphill climb. It's going to be a slow process because a lot of, you know, a lot of these venues are booked out so far already. You know, we're trying not to cancel dates, um, and and it's educating the bands. And that's how are the how have the bands been uh, receptive to this? How, how well, I think th- there's a very knee jerk reaction that we're trying to damage everybody's career. I'm not allowed but, to talk about that. Yeah, we won. <laughs> I can't say anything. <laughs> yes, we can. Yeah. We're here. We're here to talk about. Let it go. Come on, Mike. This is you know cleansing no, but, but, time. Well, Mike, Mike has been the first. We're the friendship for a lot circle. of these bands, and then the and the initial reaction is that we're, we're, you know, that we're trying to, you know, take gigs away and and whatever, and then as I've come and had some conversations with some of these bands, and you actually ha- sit down and have a conversation, and they really understand what you're trying to do, and they're like, yeah, that makes total sense. And they may not, you know, we've had some instances already where there's a band playing, you know, on a Friday night at one bar and on a Saturday night at another bar, and they may not play anywhere else. 
but you're definitely splitting that crowd. And then the answer was, well, where should that band have played on Saturday night that wouldn't have affected the Friday night crowd? I'm like, well, I don't know. That's not for me to decide, but maybe they shouldn't have played anywhere. And I think that that, that goes back to, you know, well, it, shows being an event, you know, a we, performance. We, we talked about this before, about the hobbyist and the professional musician, the guys that are doing this full time, like me and you, and we have a lot of respect for what that is. And we're not trying to hurt anybody's income or make this more difficult for them to make a living. What we're trying to say is like, maybe we just need to be smarter about this and maybe drive a little further out of town might help as well. But there are plenty of venues that are an hour out of town. That's not that bad, but to play, you know, within this radius of, I know, but it it became a comfort zone though. You can't, I, I know it I know. needs to be addressed. I know, I know, I know it needs to be addressed. But I'm saying that if you have something that's just a comfort zone, right? You're 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 used to this, and we've been doing this for four years, and it's been pretty good. Well, it's it's getting not so good, so we're going to have to change your well, that, comfort zone. Next. That's why we reached out to Whammy because their their whole thing is education, right? I mean, educating people about different aspects of music the business whatever and 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 who better than dave right from the background right and and i don't think you know is is do people do bands do fans realize um that the crowds are dwindling do you know is it is it is it a bigger problem than people realize is it is it on its way um but a, a lot of the People, a lot of the bands, if they keep doing things the same way, nothing's ever going to change. So we thought, who better than Whammy to help educate people? But it's like it's creating conversations, whether it's on Facebook. As much as people like to argue on Facebook, <laughs> it's it's creating conversations. I mean, there was a, a, a post the other day where Mike Mike posted about bands using pictures from other venues to promote shows at another venue, and it was interesting that a lot of people um, chimed in with with good responses and there were some people who were just angry and people are always gonna be angry but it just created this dialogue that what's your take on that on that subject if, that if the I, if it can i think it's more important of what the as a former owner of says, the club that everybody had a picture of on their on their cover page i yeah i was a big fan of it then but i do understand what you're, you're saying selfish bastard I, well says, we have no, no I'm kidding, dave i'm kidding but you can't but that's the thing of a bigger crowd or or a, a a church festival or something like that. I always thought they were the best photos. You had, I, yes, Saloon and Calhoun makes you look amazing. Yeah, but, but don't if, use that to promote playing polys. Use the, that for your right. website. Use that for a general, general, generic photo, but don't use it to play polys. The only time I think it's an issue is if, um, like, Bubs has Bubs Irish Pub, yeah. big sign on the top of the stage, and if somebody's using that for their show at Polly's, it can be confusing to people. That would be odd in, in my mind, but right. if it happens... Otherwise, I don't think it really matters. And like a lot of people pointed out, if, as long it's as the... It's not that big a deal. Yeah, as long as the it's information is, is on the description, but... Without the, without the signage of the... Uh, yeah, yeah, but I, I, think, I think... But we're what, talking. Right, exactly. It just created dialogue. It created people talking just, and getting people's perspective and involvement can, can we uh discuss something that you brought up very early in the program the cover charge mm-hmm. the dreaded cover charge now i'll say this in the 70s late 70s i'm an older fella when jabberwocky right on greenfield was uh, a hot spot yeah. there was stuff on the east side more so than there is now uh, 
uh, on the lower south side, there was stuff that there was the the Fox. What was that one on in Cudahy that we used to go to? But every single every single place that had live music had a cover, whether it was two bucks, three bucks, five bucks. I know the two dollar days are are done. I'm just using that as an example. Blue so Canary. You, so you you knew the Blue Canary, wasn't that it? Well, they had that was more of a. Um, it was in the club and cut it. Oh, okay. yeah, it was. That was more of a food thing. I think my grandma would go there and watch someone play. <laughs> but they had a, a. Can I say penis on the air? I think you can. Penis. Say, did you say penis? Yeah. Penis. Pen, pianist. I said. Pianist. But but so Michael, Paulie's does not charge a cover. Is that something that you would look at, or is that something that's been being discussed, or is it private right now? Um, it's it's not being discussed and. I I don't. That's probably something that Paul should talk about. I don't know. I I know that like logistically we can't do it because it's we have two entrances. I think that there's some opinions about, you know, we just might be the stop. People make make a stop on the way back from something. The location is amazing. You're you're probably you're taking a shuttle. You know, like well, he the the shuttle yeah, thing is is think, a totally different. Yeah, I I think that it's it's something we have talked about. We tried it during COVID, and I just. I firmly believe that cover charges are completely 1,000% valid. Like I said before, you don't really get Spotify and YouTube and Apple Music without, or I don't know about Apple Music, but you don't get that for free without an ad. I think you have to know your venue, and I think you have to know your audience. Right, right. And and, and there is no cookie-cutter solution to these problems because there are times that a cover charge is 100% necessary and or you can't have the band because you can't afford to pay the band out of what your revenue is going to be. Sure. So if you want to get this amazing band, there's only one way to do that, and that's through a cover charge. Now, if you can get the cover charge to be able to bring in that band, that's great. But if you're in a venue that you can't collect that cover charge, or you it's won't just get not, the, it's the people gotta won't have come. Two, you got to right. have two doormen. You got to have more yeah. security. You got to have, or or your regulars just don't attend because they're not willing to spend a cover. Now you've just killed your well, because entire you, audience. But you spoil them for all those years, which is a different different. Right. So every subject. everybody has to do what's in their best interest. And, and, that yeah. all goes into drink prices and that sort of thing. Start times. You know, and, then, and then in an economy, people yeah. complain like, oh, I can't believe I'm paying four fifty for this beer. Yeah, but you didn't pay a cover charge. You're getting live entertainment. Look at it around. Well, I don't, I don't notice. I, I, I know this isn't for you to answer a lot of this stuff, but I can speak for a few other club owners, but I won't mention them. There's an upcharge recently, semi-recently, so within the last two, three four months. I don't think it was much more in the summertime. I don't think so, but fall and then throughout the late fall, early winter, there's an upcharge for drinks. They have to. No choice. So what I know one guy in particular, it's a dollar added onto everything. Mm-hmm. That's, I mean, if you're, if you're going to pay five or 10 bucks, that's your cover charge. That's your cover charge. Cause if you're going to have five or 10 drinks, yeah. but then we go back to the subject of now people aren't drinking as much. Who's having ten drinks when they go out? <laughs> well, he's not you, me. Him. You never hung around with me. <laughs> yeah. And somebody I'm not driving. Double, somebody with a designated driver, I hope. <laughs> but but uh, again, yeah. well, th- that's well, you, dr- you drink well, responsibly I, and you do. Yeah. I think that's going into this. Like you know, we, we had a whole conversation about the perception of a full bar versus what you see in the register at the end of the night, and you're like, man, people didn't drink tonight. 
And it's tough to answer that question. And it, I hate bringing that up to bands because I'm like, it's not your fault. Yeah, but it's not your fault that people were buying waters and sodas tonight. But what's the answer, though? Uh, the up, no, but the answer is... Charge for water. The, yes, the, well, definitely that. You, you, you have to. You Cavity just, search for shot bottles. You, yeah, but doesn't that, full, <laughs> doesn't that full bar help perception in the long run? Yes. Like, Still great. Like people want to go where people go. You know, how many people go to see a band because they know it's going to be crowded, not necessarily because it's that band, if that makes sense? Somewhat. I'd so, say somewhat, yes. So if, if they go and see a band at, uh, let's just say, Polly's, and it's packed, but the bar did crap business that night, but those people are going to come back. Yeah, there's probably hope, no way to measure that. but You hope for, for a payback later right. or, or I think, going. I think my point is is that, like, it's you're right, I'm right, but the musicians don't know that we're having these conversations or battling these things. The bands don't know what the end result was. They see one thing and we're like, okay, but you know, we're struggling with certain things here. So again, I, I go back to the, I don't know if we're right all the time. I don't know if we're doing the right things, but all I know is that like, if we just talk, I mean, what, where's the harm in that? Well, there's no harm in that. I'll share a formula that I think helped saloon grow. And it was this, I told the bands that I booked, I said, I will automatically rebook the top, Friday night and the top Saturday night net earning bands. All things being relative, everything net, net is net. You pay the expenses mm-hmm. at the end of the expenses. Whatever you've got is net. If you're the top two Friday night and top two Saturday night, you're getting rebooked. If you're not, then you go into the list with everybody else. Because so you're going I'm to a always, hopper. Because I'm always going to bring in some new entertainment to keep it fresh and, and keep bringing in new bands so that it's not always the same bands all the time. And the only reason I'm sharing that is I would tell the bands that up front, and I believe that that helped them make the decision to promote themselves more. They're, if they really wanted to come back, they thought, hey, we want to be in the top two, and they, I believe did more promoting. I, I, I saw bands promote themselves more for playing at Saloon than I'd see them anywhere else. And I don't know that it was just necessarily that formula as much as I know the Saloon you know, was, a, was a nice spot. But that's something to consider. If you give the band an incentive with, hey, if you do this, then you get to be rebooked. But if you don't, then I have to continue to look elsewhere. It's a do, you, shame. do you have a conversation with the two that don't? I, and, say, well, and talk about why? I absolutely do. I absolutely do. And there's also, as you had mentioned, clubs that don't get back to you. Right. There were some bands that did such a horrible job either in their performance (laughs) or in their, you know, attendance or all of the above. I didn't feel with everything else in the world to even carry on dialogue because they didn't give enough of a crap to put it into me. Why should I turn around and give a crap about them? It's harsh, but it's a harsh industry. Mm -hmm. Yeah. There's a lot, there's a lot of, that that we we won't discuss but there's there's a lot of harshness right a lot of harshness there's a lot of um really like reality check shit that well that's we know and that's why i'm i'm kind of proud of you know you don't own a club i don't own a club we're not really make getting rich doing this we just love doing this we love seeing what we see happen and what we can do to make it better which reminds me do you know how to make a million dollars owning a live music venue by two million start with two million yep (laughs) It's like the boat owner, right? <laughs> happiest day? Yep. Yeah. But what, what are the two happiest no, days of I, being a boat I owner? I was not happy to see it closed. No, but, I, I don't. I don't but on the other joking, side, yeah. But you're joking. Now yeah. you can say it tongue-in-cheek, and you know 
how many nights that were you had a blast and you made money and there's a lot of nights where you go god damn it we were busy but i'll tell you after what i pay everyone people think i'm rich and, they, and that's yeah. okay i don't want to i don't shouldn't have to explain myself but i'm not it didn't well, work like it, i thought you, it was gonna. you know what it did it motivated me to get involved in whammy and to be a part of this podcast and to try to share as much as i can in the live music industry because i don't want to see live music's close i i love live music what i were you gonna love say? live music well and i think that that's what this is about is like we have seen within live music venues scaling back and going to DJs. And whether that's the crowd of that crowd and the band doesn't work anymore is... Or it's economics. It's, right. That's my point is that it's, it's, that's not personal. It's just it's a business side of things. And whether we love music or not, you know, we've got some venues that went from doing it three nights a week to one night a week. That doesn't reflect that it's working. Right. It's a reflection that something's not working. And that's what we've seen too much. And the last resort we want to see is another closure like Saloon and Calhoun, which right. is hurt terrible. The industry. It's terrible. I loved what we were able to do in the community. For mm-hmm. me, the live music community, the event, the experience that you have when you go to live music, when things are right, when the lighting is on beat with the music and the music sounds amazing and it's just it fills your soul and everybody's happy and the people around you are just holding each other and just dancing and smiling and dance and you can't create and you don't mind that sweaty person you don't mind you don't mind them hugging you but if it was somewhere else like it just say you're shopping right warm outside (laughs) i don't want you to touch me right but if you're rocking out fuck i don't care i hate that give me a sweaty hug dude i'm cool I'm cool with it, right? It's just, but yeah, isn't isn't sure. music a part of? Guys. Yeah, <laughs> but what all I'm trying to say in that is that, that that community you cannot reproduce the energy of a live music experience in anything except a live music experience. So to see those experiences dwindle because of all of these things that are challenges, if there's anything that I can do in my remaining days is help promote live music better. That's what I want to do. So I want to work with Whammy. We're going to reach out, I promise you, to live music venues. We're going to have this calendar. The calendar's already been developed. It's going to allow anybody that just puts a date into their own Google calendar. It'll automatically feed in. It'll create a large venue owner calendar, and it'll notify other venues when a booking by the same band is within 20 miles. So right there, we don't have to try to communicate as long as the people that are doing the bookings are entering them into the calendar we're not even asking well, you, them to go to a, de- a different spot. You hope you hope that everyone participates. Well, if they do, they do. If they know, don't, they don't. So, right? Well, you hope so. But if it becomes survival of the fittest, you better figure out some way to survive in an industry where it's getting more challenging. Well, and that's, that's what the hope for my involvement in Whammy and working with live music venues is. I'd like to bring them things like advanced ticket sales uh, ability, um, a universal calendar with notices if a band's within a 20-mile radius, which has now already been developed, marketing things that, that, that we can help through the Whammy organization statewide help promote live music at the different venues that the venue owners can be a participant in, but automatically sends out data. So these are the things I'm working on behind the scenes at Whammy you know, because I, I, I love this industry. I, I hope that that comes true. I hope that that happens. I am a determined I'm son of a I bitch. Hope, I hope it. I know, but I, I really hope that ninety percent of yeah. this can happen, and it should. But well, I, th- I if if the if if the value added to me, you know, this isn't about what 
we can gain. To me, it's about value added. What do venue owners and booking agents for those venues have as common challenges? Knowing what's being booked around them, getting the word out of what's being booked, and getting people to their shows and knowing how many people are going to show up. So if we can create a calendar that notifies everybody what's happening as much as they enter the data, if we can give them a low-cost ticket service that allows them to get pre-ticket sales so that they know how many people are going to show up, and if we can help them market those things, that's value added to me. And then I'd like to take that out into the Wisconsin venues and say, here's what this does. Would you want to be a part of it? And I want to have it so awesome for them that they have no reason not to be a part of it. You know, not, not for the revenue. I can give, it's not a revenue thing. It's a nonprofit organization. This is for the survival right. and success right. of well, people, live music. People don't, a lot of people don't know that the Whammy is a nonprofit. It is a nonprofit. The Whammy organization is a nonprofit. And you'll get a lot of naysayers and you'll get a lot of haters. There are. And, and, and that's just, and that's we're gonna all, fix that. it's always going to be like that. Hopefully it becomes less and less. Communication, but, it's, but we it's, need to talk more. It's not. It's this isn't for profit. If you want to be a, a member and you want to be this, what is the what's the fee? Ten bucks or 15? it's nine ninety nine to be just a fan membership. I think it's like twenty dollars to be a musician membership. I think it might be so two hundred dollars to be a venue membership. But that's not even something we're pursuing until we get these value added in place. And then I'm going to go talk to the venue owners. And but it's not a. It's it's there's no money not being a, made. I'm not, not a money paid. grab. <laughs> If if you pay ten dollars to be a, a fan voter, no. and you, it's not a money grab. I mean, it's all not- of the money that goes to Whammy goes towards their award show. It goes towards scholarships. Now we're raising, we're giving out. I think um, twenty scholarships already, just in the first quarter. I believe I heard that number. Don't hold me to that. But they're very much. This board right now is so focused on doing the things that Whammy has talked about. And Do you have an idea for the page name? Or the, the it'll whammy.org? Be the, no, no, I'm talking, oh. <laughs> talking about what your idea was to cohesively put out all this together with the venues and the yeah. musicians and the pre ticket. What's it? What's we it? are actually creating a venue page for but the Whammy be, site, and that will be where venue owners or anybody that joins up in the van, venue owner arena will be able to access their calendar. All they're going to need to do is put in basically okay. a link. So that whatever they do in their own personal, because God knows the last thing anybody needs is more work, right? Like that's why things don't get done because it's just one more thing to do. And if you're a venue if you, owner, if you simplify it somehow, simplify it, right? You're going to do this anyway, right? Somewhere you got to put down who you're having play. So if we can tap into wherever you're already putting that, and it links you into a universal calendar that literally is going to try to sort out double bookings and create radio, all that stuff. Okay, that's my passion. That's where we're at. But you know, all this right. is all based on what these guys have started and I just love to be a part of it. So in closing, I would say that what I got out of this podcast, this meeting of the minds, is that the radius, the 20-mile radius, not set in stone, but it's something that is uh, most, if not all, venue owners are on board with Mm -hmm. because they want successful, well-attended shows so that you put the compass here and you go about 20 miles. If you say 21, you know, it so it seems like they're on board with that, right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And there's no collusion. There's well, but I have to say, I it. know we, we we have to say it. You I have agree. to say it that there is not price setting or collusion in any way about 
uh, setting a price for a band, whether it's a 400-seat venue or whether it's an 80-seat venue, there can't be. If you, if you think logically, when you were, I think you were, Todd, explaining that one, uh, I wasn't uh, skeptical. I wasn't, uh, you know, thinking yeah. about it. But when you said it, there's no possible way that can be done because it's apples and oranges. Yeah. It's not, it's just not possible. Right, right. But people would, would think that they could assume that just because you're meeting with club owners, all the big venue owners are meeting and you guys are talking, there's dialogue going on. So that, so I, yeah. I got out of this, that there's no collusion. There's no price setting. There's nothing like that going on. I would also say that the bands, if they can uh, try to not think of this as a communistic type thing where we said this, I'm the first one that said it, but everyone else is going to walk in lockstep with me. You, you, you people, you guys. Yeah. Um, you're no, capitalism, the first actually, one. capitalism actually still does work because the bands that do their best job of rehearsing their best jobs of getting off the iPad, the best job of putting together a show or getting a gimmick that's unique. The bands that do Take a the marketing, photo. the bands that have photos that are current, the bands that bring out an audience, they're the bands that get rebooked. This isn't a group that's going to talk about how much they're paying those bands. This is a group that's going to say, this band's drawing really we well. Do, we do do that. We say, hey, this band did great for me, and this is what we think they did. Like we, It's Take a listen to them, and yeah. that's those are beneficial things. And if you the do something result, better than somebody else, and you draw so, better than somebody else, and you put on a show better than somebody else, shouldn't you get more bookings? Shouldn't you be easier to promote? Yeah. Shouldn't you? That, that can be a whole other podcast in itself. Yeah, it's just, well, you know, you know what's funny. <laughs> you know, my mindset has always been not totally, but it's always been. Uh, I was a mailman for many years. I You're still a mailman. I wasn't in, kind of. I deliver all right, brother. <laughs> that you better believe. Special but brother. I am. I just I not am not female man. That's a. But I am under the. Okay, now and and this isn't. It, it's not saying anything bad about any one owner or person or whatever. But in in the post office, use it as an example. Management is here. Worker bees are here. I was always a worker bee guy. I was never really a management guy, which means the owner. So I always find myself uh, siding with the underdog. I don't know how to say this right. Yeah. Um, having more sympathy for the yeah, underdog, the struggle, the, yeah. the the people that are you know trying doing to, the work, trying to get trying to get gigs, trying to get this, trying to get that. As I sat here with you guys tonight, I noticed that. Just about right off the bat. And we didn't speak, uh, one more thing I want to say, we didn't speak hardly at all about what we were going to talk about. When we started to, we stopped and said, mm -hmm. let's make this spontaneous. Let's not rehearse uh, questions. Uh, Michael, we did. It was getting dirty. That's why we stopped. <laughs> well, there was no cameras or no uh, um, recorders on. But but don't, right, you guys, we, st we were yeah. talking about some funny stuff, some family yeah. stuff, Christmas. And when we started talking about what should we say on the podcast, pretty much immediately we said, let's wait and make it spontaneous because it always seems better when mm -hmm. it's not rehearsed. So this was not rehearsed. It wasn't planned. Nobody had uh, set questions. You didn't see some of the things that I asked you. I didn't know what you guys were going to lay on me. Mm -hmm. But I, I would say that I'm more of a, I don't want to say union guy because that's not the right word, but the worker be the, 
the lower tier that wants to have fun and wants to enjoy themselves. And w- sitting here with you guys, I, I can honestly say that I'm, I'm satisfied with what we, what we talked about. Cause I didn't know, yeah. I, did, I didn't know how I was going to, I honestly didn't know Michael. Yeah, I, and, I, it, and it doesn't end here because like, I think I'm going to say it earlier, but like we are still figuring it out too. And there have been people that have pointed flaws out to what we're talking about. And we agree. We're like, we know that this is not ideal. This is goes against what we're saying. We're still navigating through the waters of like how to respect our calendars and fix scenarios and work better together. There's going to be bumps in the road. There's going to be things that look a little off to like the general public, which is why I've just kind of kept saying, if we just keep talking, if we just keep saying the same, like for us, this conversation. Did you guys ever have any disagreements about any of this right now? Or is it still, because it seems like once you speak, once, once you listen, speak, listen, speak, it, I think there's always somebody that has a different way of doing something or, or seeing a, a solution that's not necessarily what we spoke about. Yeah, I mean, like you said, I mean, maybe maybe the fact that I don't have, you know, uh, guidelines and in, in writing that I send to the bands or something like that, but it, it doesn't. We're not we're not trying to create a union or we're not trying to create a, you know, a, a, a hierarchy. Or, that, yeah, whatever. That is it's creating we dialogue. Just want, we just want everybody to be successful, whether it's the bands or the clubs, or because yeah. We've had, disagree- we've had disagreements about what to do in a scenario of like, <clears throat> how do we fix this, this situation? And usually the, re- the reaction is, let's just do nothing and let it play out and let's just come back to this and let it well, happen over time and let's just not make any... You know, or, or one club does, oh, this isn't working and they make a decision. They don't share those decisions or what they're doing differently with everybody yeah, else. It's, this well, is unique because you business. guys brought this to the table you guys said this is a universal issue that's affecting all of us it's cutting into everybody's bottom line and the end result of this if it's not addressed is there's not going to be anywhere to play because well, these bars are going to go out of business can we because that's the reality can we say that uh, that this if live music goes away a lot more than the musicians will suffer a lot a lot if you're yes. not if you're not if you're watching this and you're not necessarily a live music supporter you are supporting someone in that food chain, whether it's the caterers, whether it's the bartenders, someone you, you date as a server, some, your daughter does this, your son does this. It goes away. If, if this, it'll never, I don't think it'll ever go away, but if it dwindles, it, it's a big deal. It will, it will, a lot of people will suffer. I'm and, tell, not, and Milwaukee's an amazing, I, I mean, Wisconsin, but Milwaukee, obviously I know, is an amazing, I mean, the musicianship, the talent that is in this town alone is amazing and you shouldn't have to leave this town to go to nashville or somewhere else to succeed but we better change things in this town or we're not going to have a choice and that's i think what i'm hearing these guys say and i think that if we follow that the end result is we have more people in a bar for your shows and i think the reality is 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 if you think back in the past year and me as a musician i think back to my shows over the last year there were a few that were bad. There were a few that I was like, I didn't deliver for that night. And I take it on my head and go, maybe I played too much that month. Maybe maybe I didn't promote it properly. I've had that guilt of the next day of like, ooh, I didn't really promote that show as well as I should have. I know that feeling. And that's not a good feeling to think, you know, from the stage, I'm thinking, what are they thinking? What is the audience? What is the venue thinking? Well, I'm on both sides of it. And I, they're thinking what you're thinking. 
Like, we didn't do something right tonight. Well, and it's not always right because, like, you, the band's the products are great. I agree with you. It is great. But we're just not putting it into, we're not promoting it to the right success. You know what? You know what's funny on my part, too, being a spectator? I feel horrible when I see someone playing there, whether they're a really, really, really good musician or a lot of mid grade guys. I, I love them all. But I feel horrible when there's nobody there. Like, I, I, I'm there, and I look around, and there's 19 people. I just counted them. Oh, there's three more. 22 walked in. Oh, I hope 10 more come in. I hope. It, it's, it affects me. I'm not saying I have more feelings than anyone else. I'm not. But it's, it's one of those things where I go, God damn it. There's, there's a million people around here. It's a Friday night. We should be able to get these 12 venues. I, I don't know how many. 30, sure. whatever the number is. But we should be able to get... Get them packed. Get them. Yeah. But but filled. from a musician standpoint, and this is where I will sympathize with. I think people are thinking this right now as we're talking. Yeah, I did my job. I showed up. I played. I played well. I brought some people. You didn't do enough. The venue didn't do enough. The venue didn't put up my posters. The you know the drink prices are too high. Your start times are too late. You're right. All of these things are factors that we can talk about and we can figure out what works and come together on it like we're not saying that we know that it's your fault we're saying like we need to be talking about how we can improve this there are there are factors on our side that we talk about oversaturation those are our things that we talk about i'm listening for when you tell me if there's something that we could do better and one of those is the start time i get that a lot at Polly's. we start at 9 30 at Polly's. we start at eight at maddie's I've listened to the venue. I've listened to the people. We have made adjustments. I came in swinging with two venues. Same time, same thing. Consistency, blah, blah, blah. Didn't work. We got to adjust it and work with the venue and, and what people are telling us. Yeah, and, and location location, location is, is, is a part of it too where it's not all set right. in stone for sure. Things, things if, are different. If you're remote there. and I can speak to this, you better do something to draw. You have to draw people. Now, if you can draw through bacon or draw through the bands, whatever it is, you have to have a draw. Mm-hmm. It, it, it isn't good enough to just open your doors, right. put a live music sign on the outside. I know, but I wish it was. <laughs> Damn it. Yeah. We wouldn't be here. We'd be, we would not have this conversation. We wouldn't be here. And I wish it was. I just wish it was. Yeah. Don't you wish it just would... You know, a bigger city, obviously. And, and that's that. what you were saying. When you walk into a club and there's 19 people and it could seat 200 and you feel bad for the artist. I hate you, it. And, I, you, I, and you're like, where are the people? And that's the real thing that I think we have to really understand. You're fighting against a lot more out there than it used to be in the yeah. 70s and 80s. There right. wasn't all of the other things. So if you want to compete against all the other things that are out there, I'm not going to name them because I'm going to tell people to do things that other than live music. But if you're competing against those things, you have to do better. Do better as a band. Do better as a live music venue. Do better, meaning support. What are you, yeah? What are you doing now, and how can you do it better? How try, can you increase your if outreach? You're, if you're not necessarily a music lover, try it. Try it. Take your wife out. Take your kids out. Go see something that you both might like. Absolutely. I know because people don't. I think so many more people would find a little more joy and happiness if they would open up. I got some buddies that they don't go to live. I've been. I've known them since high school, forty years. 
And they're like, oh, they'll do bike stuff. They'll go this. They'll go walk around to a church festival. They'll, you want to go see a band? They go, I don't, I don't really do that. Give it a try. It's, it's really pick out something that you might like. Pick out something that's softer. If you're not a metal guy, pick out something. But it, it, if you support, it, it stays. It, it, the stuff stays. It stays around longer, and it's, it's better. And if you have any control in the venue, if you're the venue owner or you have any control of the venue operations, embrace your live music build that community the one of the best things we did is we encouraged the growth of that community we took our people that showed up week after week and we made them know they were special and they invited more people and then we made them know they were special and then they invited more people and now it's been over a year since we closed and i still to this day actually just last week i had multiple people come up to me at a christmas party and say we miss our gathering spot. That was where we all got together. That was where we all it had. Made it happen. That was where we got, we miss each other because that business closed and we don't have that. So what my suggestion would be to anybody struggling with drawing an audience, build your community. Make those that are attending live music know that they're special Enhance what they if want. If you know their birthday, get them a goddamn Enha- cupcake. Hey, enhance what they when want. Their, you know, just, sometimes just simple it, shit like that. Sometimes people, it's as simple as a stool. Literally, sometimes it's as simple as, "Can I have somewhere to sit? I can't stand for three hours." No, I, and I'm not trying to be jerk, but I I understood that. I accommodated guests when it was uncomfortable for us. I didn't have space to put a stool, but I found a stool Somehow. because I wanted that person to be able to enjoy the show. Yeah, so there's a lot, as there's, an example. There's a lot of there's a lot of moving parts and yeah, a lot of lots. answers, more questions than answers, but we'll get through this. Build your community, and your community will support you. They will draw others, and it will make your venue and your bands more successful. And before before we end this, Michael, did you want to add something else? Oh, I was going to say we didn't even get to the question round. <laughs> well, I had I did have a couple things. I had. Um, is a exemption for state fair, summer fest, or other uh, outdoor festivals, private parties, same thing. That's not even relevant. Yeah, it's not, that's, it doesn't that's matter. Not relevant. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but I wrote it down. Yeah, colluding. Uh, it appears to be uh, could be considered collusion from an outsider standpoint. And we see that. We get that. And the, we respect that. That's why we're trying to address it directly. And then I wrote uh, cover charge question mark. Yeah. Um, I said, uh, most people would think that each individual club owner, restaurant owner, bar owner would do what's best for them. But this might, this very well could be what's best for them now that everyone's talking. Yeah. Right? I mean, you hope, right? You hope that. I don't, I don't think that, I think speaking to Dave, you know, you know, like Paul is just, he's awesome. He just knows how to bring people together. I mean, the shuttles to other bars is kind of like that big thing of like, we're a community. It is obviously benefits his business, but it benefits your business too. And that's a good thing. You know, it's a good thing when my business can benefit your business. When and Paulie thinks benefit. outside of the box. He created these things because he was thinking outside of the box. How can I better support yeah, my but you, com- How can I better support my you, community and bring people? But you people have to have, and, and his defense, but also he had to invest. Yeah big money for these buses and these employees and stuff he's able to do that he's blessed and able to do that but i take shuttles i went to for the shank hall the uh, sleigh riders ball i took the shuttle there i'm taking one for um no can do tomorrow yeah. night from from paulie's yeah so 
But he the, found a niche. He found a niche, and that was unfilled. That and he filled that niche. Yeah, but that's that's the business side of it. Whereas I think he looks at it from when you have a relationship side. From you know, I I've had him tell me multiple times, make this right with this guy, mm-hmm. and I'm like, you're right. I can't have a any type of conflict with people because it doesn't help anybody. It doesn't help the business. Doesn't help the relationship. Doesn't help the venue. So I've kind of taken that to like, well, we have a relationship. Why don't we? Talk about what we can do to make this better for everybody. Is that sort of how, how this started? This whole thing started. How did I know? I know I've been saying we're leaving with this and closing. Oh, we'll do this all night. How did this? I know how. How did all this? Night. How did how did this? Stop flirting with me, Mike. How did this come to be? Actually, like how did? Why did this become an issue? I don't think we even discussed that. What? I think it was who, too, who it noticed was, it? And it was who, too many one to one texts. It was too many like you know conversations in the bar where you're like. Why are we all saying the same thing and not just saying it to each other in one big... And I think you were the one that was like, why don't we just have lunch? And that's like, yeah. And that's where we got together and we're like, we do see some opportunity for improving things for everybody's benefit. Not to take away any shows. We kept, we'll repeat that till we are blue in the face. And no collusion. We'll repeat no that. Collusion. Everybody, we're not, we not going to book any less shows. That's what Tim Gum, Tim Tums, well, Tim we Gunn, hope, he's oh, saying to us. I, but we hope that. But you me. might, you might have to. There's been guys that had to scale down. Well, and that's, you know, but that's not a from a, a byproduct of what we're doing. That's from a. Those were decisions made before we got together. Of like, hey, uh, the bands on Friday nights aren't working anymore. Let's go to DJs. That's okay. happened to me. And and but the point is, is that we all were like, well, let's just get together and talk about this instead of like. And I'll see, and, and me personally, again, my 20 years of doing this and professionally playing, I really get tired of hearing the same things over and over again. I get tired of hearing the blame get passed over and over again. And I'm really just like, why don't we all just have a conversation about it instead of just accepting it for what it is and just saying, oh, live music's dead. Live music's dead. All oh, the DJs, all oh, the Tinder apps, all oh, the Netflixes, all oh, the whatever, this thing, other thing. I'm like, yeah, but I can see success and you've seen success. You've seen success. We would... From we, the right shows. We need to have a part two on this because I think there's uh, an opportunity to at least try to figure out what can bring the youngsters in. When I say youngsters, I, would I, love don't, to. I don't mean, but I think we need, like, if people, my kids like music. Is this on Snapchat? But they don't. Just put this on Snapchat. We'll get them all. Steezo, can we put it on Snapchat? TikTok. No, we no. can't. No. I, got, I have three boys, 27, 22, and 20. They listen to music. They, they like music. They won't go see live music. But you catch them in the bar, they'll stay. They'll love it. But, but they, they, will, they will find something. There's something out there, whatever genre that is, whatever. If the musicians are too, like I, I think I'm going to drill my kids and ask them, what's a turn off and what would be uh, appealing to you? Like is a turn off an old gray haired person on stage if you're 22? I don't know. But, it, but it, there's something there as we age, as baby boomer, I'm a baby boomer, I know you guys mm-hmm. are younger than me, but it's, I don't have any turn off. I don't have any uh, things that don't, this that is I where don't it got enjoy. Dirty. This, is what, this is where it got filthy <laughs> yeah. before. Because I told them, I said, I, I like everything. Right. Nothing and, turns and, me and, off. <laughs> nothing really turns me off. It should, no. But, 
but see, that's the thing now. Younger people, what do we got? So right. we, we, do, we do need to do a part two and figure out if we can ask the club owners, ask some people. Maybe you have young, uh, I know you have, what would you say, a 16-year-old? 16 and 18, yeah. Yeah, so that's up and coming of the 21-year-old age to go out and at least support. But I know, I know as a club owner, I used to, I, I called it group prospect group prospecting when I'd go to Summerfest and I would go and I'd be able to hit eight, nine stages throughout the day and but, see a lot of local bands. But and Summerfest get a lot of, is a built-in one. It's kind of... I, I, no, hear me out. That was then. This is now. And I noticed over the last three, four years of Summerfest when I would go there at night and I would watch the stages and see where the massive crowds were, I would notice demographic differences between the live music stages and the EDM stages. And the EDM stages with a single DJ and a bunch of flashing lights damn have all these kids packed in there. And, do, uh, you know, so, yeah, but, well, that, but, if, but if that's what you're competing against, you have to identify that's what you're competing against. And how do you draw those people into your live music arena if what they're accustomed to is something that is so over the top Thumping. Adrenalating. <laughs> Is right, that a word? That, yeah, but that goes back to the, the bands that we came up with. So your journey and your George Thorogood or, you know, name any band from that those decades yeah. that the bands that came behind them don't have that longevity or, or you know, All-American Rejects or, you know, bands from, from the 90s and the 2000s. Um, a lot of one-hit wonders, a lot of um, who, who were they, who sang that song, yeah, well, they're, um, they're, I'm just talking about the younger generations, but they're well, being right, but drawn I mean, the people, and built into. Right, but the people that were listening to those bands, they don't have anything to go see because people aren't playing those songs unless you've got a... There's a few bands who hit that those those yeah. demographics, but you know, there's a reason why a lot of the bands are still playing the same songs because they're the, good songs. So... You know what is the what is the future of music is basically what it boils down to. Right, what are the new, which you know, right? Is Taylor another, Swift another, can only you know a whole other stay issue. so long. All right, hey, well, no, no Taylor Swift. We're gonna we're gonna wrap <laughs> no Taylor Swift. We're gonna wrap this up. And um, my wife had a couple questions. Uh, she knows all three of you guys. She stalked all, right. all three of you. She love it. Sweet. Trolls is trolling a thing. What would you rather be trolled, penetrated, or stalked? No, I'm Catfished. kidding. I'm, I'm kidding. I'll go stalked. All right, Mike. <laughs> Penetrated. I'll go <laughs> Dave Daler. Dave Daler first. Yes. All right, Dave. Did you partly own Saloon on Calhoun so you could get up on stage and sing once a month? One hundred percent. No. Uh, actually, that was one of my greatest fears. I have. Well, I, I had no desire to ever be on the stage. But you did it. I had friends challenge me. It and seemed like it's insane. I f- I felt compelled <laughs> to sing to plush. do my best to stand up to the challenge, <laughs> and that it, happened to be plush. Yes. But it almost seemed like <laughs> and a few. All right, but it almost seemed like it was uh, Chris Farley when someone asked him a question about his yeah. dad says, "Tommy boy, get up here," and he goes, "I better not." Okay, all right, all right, all right. Yeah. So that yeah. So no, you don't. You didn't. You I didn't love. I too. love the. How else? How else do you get to play rock star when you're not a rock star? Okay. So for me, so I loved it, but it was not my choice. So Debbie Sue, the answer for that one is he partially owned that club so he could get on stage. <laughs> totally. <laughs> yes. All right, we're going. We're going. Todd Fink. Yes. This one is. It sounds weird. I don't want to put anyone on on you know display in any way. Um, Todd's been on display before. <laughs> is there any way you can get video of Gabe Sanchez putting on those 
tight <laughs> Prince outfits <laughs> backstage, and does he in fact wear a girdle when he's doing a Prince experience? Can I run with this? Okay. <laughs> So just, I mean, because Gabe, Gabe's a friend of the program. He, he, he watches. I used to be the stage manager for the Prince Experience, so he, he I have Dave, very Dave has video footage. <laughs> <laughs> um, I, um, for the right price, anything is possible, and I never actually seen him get dressed. So You've never seen him try to sneak in those. Uh, I'm always out at front of house. I don't, okay. Yeah. I'm just asking. Nothing and, and turns them off, man. Deb, <laughs> I, I dress Gabriel Sanchez, and we'll talk about it privately. <laughs> I, I know I know he gets in there and he looks good when he's on stage. I love I love him doing prints. I just love it. Michael Grassman, you ready for this? Sure. Would you be interested in you've been playing for twenty years now, would you be interested in trying a new voice coach for singing? Oh, should I? I don't I'm I don't know. I don't think so. Oh, I don't know. Mike, I'm kidding. <laughs> These like, are all jokes. No, I don't. I take that seriously because I, I have. See, had, look at you. I, just gave me the stink eye. Like you know why? Because like that's goddammit, Andy put you up to that. He told you to say I'm that. Not, I'm not going to say who said all of these, but all of these were questions from people that know you guys. That's awesome. But I will oh, not. I will not say it. That was, these are all jokes. Gabe knows that's we're kidding, and yeah. we're not going to obviously film you getting dressed unless there's money in it. There's well, never mind. I'm going to leave. I, <laughs> And Michael, that was a joke. That was someone that you do know, though. I want to know who. Yeah. I, Are they we're, anonymous? We're, they better not be anonymous. I didn't know what Michael was saying. We're not. <laughs> I don't. I, I'm not, I, I will tell you another time. I'm not going to tell you now. <laughs> I don't want to know. It, but it was a joke. It was like I'll someone you that you know, and it's someone that actually likes you. It's I'm not laughing a, on the inside. It's not a hater. It's actually someone <laughs> Mike that doesn't have any haters. <laughs> so, okay, well, we're going to wrap this Are up. done? No, let's keep going another hour. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, go get me some Jim Beam. All right. Polly, bring over that bottle of beer. Yeah. We're going to wrap this up. Thanks for watching the 414 podcast. And this isn't, this isn't over. It's just a starting point. We'll do this again maybe next week. In a few weeks, we'll, we'll catch up Let's on it. But in. We, yeah, we, do need, we do need, and what I'd like to do is, and I don't know how, but reach out to some musicians and ask them if they're willing to open up or if they're afraid to. I don't know. I, I didn't uh, reach out to anyone. Yes, I don't know if people are. Yeah. We sure. know people. I know some guys. Sure. I'm All friends right. with some people. Thanks for watching. We'll see you next week. Well, Hallie, it looks like our girls have dumped us. I guess it's goodbye. Is there anything you'd like to say to them, Hallie? There sure is. Baby, blow me. Oh, a kiss as you're leaving. Blow me, oh, a kiss right now. Cause if you're gonna leave me, honey, I will surely miss the way you blow me. Blow me a kiss. <laughs>